Hey, I'm Noons. I'm Nick. And I'm also Nick. And just like fighting games, we unlocked a new secret character. Sorry we didn't introduce him sooner. So, welcome to the Espos Podcast. Welcome. Episode 16. Uh, we didn't really give him the most proper introduction last week, but, um, but welcome to the show, Noons. Thanks. Welcome, welcome. I'm glad to be here. Noons is, uh, is a friend of the show and a friend of ours. Good dude, real smart, and we hope you like him. Today we're talking about character selection and characters in general. So I hope you enjoy it. Like, for me, like, my expertise when it comes to character selection is fighting games. Dumb fighting games. From the original, like, Street Fighter 2, Mortal Kombat 2 rosters to, like, now and how we view games now, right? Mm-hmm. Well, who do you like, play in Street Fighter? Who do I play in Street Fighter? Ryu, Akuma, and uh, Kami. Scum. That's all I gotta say. You're trash, and I hate you. <laughs> I'll show you what's up. <laughs> that I'm a Dudley main. You're a champ. Oh, God, you're a champ. That takes some skill. I'll give it to you. Dude, it takes a lot I of like heart. playing Dudley. I love Dudley so much. He's only in, like, he's only in two of the games, right? He's in uh, Street Fighter 3 Alpha, and then Street Fighter 4. Yeah. And they never put him in five. No, I'm sad. I'm not playing that game until Dudley's in there. It's a great game. Playing locally. <laughs> I guess that kind of brings us into one of the topics. You know, the uh, does character selection matter in Street Fighter? For me, absolutely. I'm not going to play five until Dudley's in there. Well, I think, game. I think, well, in, in fighting games, it 100% absolutely matters. In fighting games, because fighting games are built around that rock, paper, scissors dynamic. Mm -hmm. And certain characters counter other characters very well. And when they're absent from the game, it really feels like those characters might, like, take off into that S-tier range, you know? Yeah. What, um, what characters have you, like, do you miss from four to five that could have been really good additions to the roster? (sighs) They're actually adding almost all of the characters I really enjoy from four to five, or from any of them to five. Um, like uh, I think his name isn't Hariyama, but I forget his name. The sumo. Oh yeah. Bringing him into five was really cool. I really enjoyed playing his new form, like the the new version of him. Uh, Kuma's five version I don't like as much as I like the older ones. While it hasn't changed very much, it feels a little different yeah um and like the absence of dudley but the inclusion of balrog who's like legitimately a better version of dudley (laughs) yes true like he it it feels like they took a lot of the mechanics that were represented in dudley and gave them to balrog okay and he plays so cleanly so fast i'm gonna have to play Balrog in that game. There was they were yeah. both present in four, uh, four Ultra at least. 
And yeah, they were. It was crazy. <laughs> I would run into, like, I would play Dudley once and get my shit rocked because I'm a casual player. But um, then whoever Dudley's was not, he's not an easy character. No, but he's got a lot of fun things that he can do. He can really get in on some people that you usually can't get in on. And that's probably one of my favorite things about Dudley. And you can he's kill also, people with the rose. Throwing the rose at him. Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. <laughs> he's also got that really good, like... It's not like a parry. And it's not necessarily a dodge. It's like that middle ground. Mm-hmm. When, like, he, he swings in. Yeah, he, like, ducks in. It's like... I... I like that. The fact that they gave Balrog something like that made him like stand out to me a lot. Um, but besides fighting games, because like well, fighting games, like roster matters, it's right? Probably the most important. Because a lot thing. of fighting games, huh? It's probably the most important thing. Yeah, I would say that like with fighting games, because like when they get sequels. Previous rosters are always taken into account, right? Some rosters just exponentially grow, right? Mm-hmm. But let's like that kind of brings me to another genre game being MOBAs, right? Yeah. A lot of MOBAs just seem to exponentially grow. Yeah. And that's a bad thing, right? Yeah. Too I agree. many characters comes to too many situations. Which could either be good or bad for the players. Um, yeah, I, I could definitely agree with that. It makes it hard to balance. Um, in a League of, of Legends, a lot of patching comes into it, also. Yeah, in League of Legends, it's really hard to like play some of the older champions because all of the newer ones have so much stuff baked into their kit. Like, um, let me think. You had Viego come out recently, however you say his name, and he's got so much. He's got a stealth mechanic. He's got brawler mechanics built into his Q. Um, His W is like a dash and a stun. His ultimate, you literally become other champions. Meanwhile, Annie just presses Q on things and gets her mana back if she kills him. She's got a W that is an AoE. That's cool. E's a little movement speed steroid and and a kind of a shield. Her ultimate... Just a big nuke summons a teddy bear. That's it. <laughs> the harder champions are so... I mean, the the older champions are so hard to play when you've got all these new characters coming out that have so much going on. Yeah, I think that that's an interesting point. Like With League of Legends specifically... Their solution has been add more characters, rework old ones, make new characters feel more dynamic and fun and interesting. We'll get to the old characters eventually, right? Yeah. Like, they've reworked Galio from probably one of the most basic kind of weird kits to what he is now, which feels dynamic, which feels fun, and arguably one of my favorite reworks, right? Yeah. And that's kind of that iterative style of design that you see in fighting games like between four and five with the creation of the vtech system how certain characters now play versus another how they change them up right and that's good i think that's good but at what point does exponentially increasing your roster become too much 
right? Because we've already touched on the balance issue, but like, is there a specific number? I don't know if there's a specific number, but I do agree that like League of Legends has too many champions. There's, there's too many. And it's not even like, it's great that people have the choice. They can go into a League of Legends game and, uh, and pick from 160 people. And that's cool, especially since it's like, you know, I play this one champion, I'm getting kind of bored of him. There's another champion that's kind of like him, but the kid is different. I can play that guy instead. But for new players, like, how how do you compete? How do you learn 160 champions quickly without it becoming intimidating and you quitting the game? Not just that, but especially when it comes to something like League of Legends or Dota or just like MOBAs in general. It's a very high skill gap between a basic, like, someone played a game for, I don't know, like, maybe 20 to 50, like, 20, 50 games versus someone who's played over a thousand games. He would, but they're in, like, the same ranking, I guess, or playing unranked or whatever. Mm-hmm. Just MOBAs in general just have that huge skill gap. And obviously adding more and more characters isn't going to help it, but it's not going to solve anything by not just just not adding characters. But to be yeah. fair, people only play those newer characters when they first come out. So there, there's also that. Sometimes they die down. Sometimes they're Yumi. <laughs> Delete Yumi. See, like, it, I guess I, I've played League of Legends for a really long time. And I noon says too, right? Yeah. And even for people like us who've played a while, like even a new champion can change up the entire way we have to think about the game, right? Yeah. And it changes the skill gap for us too. Let's say I decide not to learn the new ADC or what they do. I'm going to get rammed on because I don't. Right. And that's going to make me look bad because I don't understand how to play against it. I'm going to lose more games. Especially when they first come out, just like uh, Nick was talking about, little Nick. But my problem is, is that what do they do? Do they just stop making characters? No, the person ends up learning the characters, whether they like it or not. See, but that's the issue is that like Riot is constantly adding more. Every month and a half or so, there's a new character, right? Mm-hmm. Every uh, like every two or three months, an old champion gets reworked, essentially being a new character, right? Dude, yeah. Don't, don't Are they going to do this with Valorant? Yeah. Is Valorant going to end up like this? Yeah. 160 different types of heroes to play in a shooter. They literally just <laughs> added a new one, uh, or they didn't. Add, they showed off a new one like yesterday. And she I, looks like, pretty I, badass, not gonna lie. That's cool. But, like, in shooters, I don't want 6,000 characters to choose from with different abilities that affect the game in trillions of different ways. And while a lot of characters in Valorant are pretty similar, it's their dynamics and like their classes that matter more than the characters themselves. Yeah, so similar as in like having similar abilities, like flashes. There's, every character has a flash now, and it's is dumb because <laughs> you get six flashes thrown at you at once, and it's annoying. 
but uh, I okay. So I don't think Valorant is gonna be like that. I think they're gonna add a character maybe every next big update or every battle pass, which will add up obviously. But it's not gonna be like I don't think it's gonna be like a League of Legends situation like off the bat. But or, would you would you argue would you say that like adding a character adds shelf life to a game? Yeah. Like with League of Legends constantly adding new characters, do you well, think that them having added new characters to the league extends the game past what it? That, that's a yes and no, um, because of how the gameplay is. So with League of Legends, it's the exact same every game. Tech technically on technical side, yes, it's the same exact thing every time. Just the percentage of variability differs, but um. With League of Legends, it's it's been on a plateauing decline technically for these past few years. You could def- you could definitely see that when it comes to like uh, League of Legends worlds. Like compare compare worlds from I don't know twenty seventeen twenty seventeen twenty eighteen. I feel like those were the biggest worlds has ever been, and then compare it to twenty twenty. Like they they yeah. could be similar in size, but I feel like League is just dying. So like obviously, yeah, adding a new character could add a, a certain amount of time to it. But every game is gonna meet its end. And I feel like um I feel like the addition of or I guess the rework of all the items in the game uh, has extended its shelf life significantly. For for me anyway, um, the rework of the items was fantastic. It like it didn't add any new champions, new characters that I had to like spend blue essence on to even begin to learn. I can just hop into a game now and start learning more things about uh, the way that you know items work together or the way that items work with my champion. And um, I really like what they have going on with the items right now. I was I uh, yeah, I was confused with the yeah. item rework, but eventually I I started to learn it. It's similar but different at the same exact time. It like like it like I said, it's literally it's up to the player to learn what's new. Yeah. They they could choose not to learn and they could fuck their team up or themselves up. But there there's going to be a time where either they just either quit the game or learn what the hell's going on. It just depends on the person. And I think um, the reworking of the items was a, was a really good way to set everybody back down to like similar levels as well. Like 100%. Not, not necessarily fresh fresh players, but like players just coming into ranked and players playing the game for 10 years, they got put onto a similar playing field with that uh, with the item rework, which is a really healthy thing for the game. Just, just reworks in general when it comes to games, uh, games, characters, etc. Uh, definitely good or bad depends on what it is exactly. So you could, like, uh, I remember like the first major rework that I saw was with uh, fiddlesticks. Like that was like the first major one because they changed them a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was very interesting to see, and that definitely brought life to him again. And that would make people want to play them either in different types of laning, whatever. But honestly, when it comes to League of Legends, it's either 
a game where you're just having fun doing whatever the hell you want, trying out new um new um like items on certain characters. Or sometimes mm-hmm. it's a serious game where it's like, okay, I want to win. I'm gonna choose this character, and it goes from there. Um, that makes sense. Go for it. I uh, I think the the only way to breathe life into or new life into games like League of Legends, where the champion roster is practically um, like too much, I guess it's too it's too big of a uh, of a part of the game for a new champion to phase any seasoned player. Like for me, uh, I I'm kind of desensitized to the fact that somebody is uh, like a new champion is coming out, but a reworking of one of the systems in the game, one of the core systems, like the items is a really good way to breathe new life into the game and uh, to get uh, everybody else on the same playing field. Kind of final notes on that. I'd agree. Yeah, I, I could definitely um, see that. I had a thought and I lost it. I apologize. <laughs> um, but the difference, I th- like. What's the difference between Valorant and League of Legends, though? You know, let's let's or like character shooters and League of Legends, because character shooters are like. Some of the most played games right now. Valorant, Rainbow Six, Overwatch, Apex Legends. These are some of like the most played games out right now. And they're some of the most popular shooters. And even Call of Duty now would be considered a character shooter, right? Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. In those games, does like does that character roster necessarily matter? Or do the classes of which each character fits into matter more. I think the ties um, in with both, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. Because like, was something like I'm gonna use Apex as an example because a lot of people know Apex and play it, or at least used to. Um, I feel like Apex did like did really well when it comes to not only character, um, like character traits abilities and and whatever because every character is the exact same when it comes to picking up the guns relatively like there's not going to be a recoil difference with one person versus another necessarily but it depends on how the character is used so like caustic just throw gas traps everywhere and then there's a character like wraith which you could use a Tell or like a portal that will either help you escape or lead you to somewhere or whatever. I feel like when it comes to that, there's not really needing for too much balance compared to League of Legends. Um, but I feel like Apex has done a really good job when it comes to stuff like that, because sometimes you could just choose what character you want to play. I feel like I. Like, I play Loba and Caustic a lot, so I'll, I'll choose one of them. But then there's stuff with challenges also. So it depends on how you want to play and what you like to play, pretty much. Something I don't like that comes out of uh, games like Apex Legends and Rainbow Six Siege and stuff a lot is 
they whenever they introduce a new character they're just like oh are you ready to change the way that you view this type of character well we're introducing blah 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 it's really kind of annoying whenever a new character comes out that are that's designed to like make roamers or make you think differently about roamers and uh, how they're going to affect your game that kind of annoy me because it feels like they're breaking the rules of the game that they made. Yeah, I I could definitely see that. Um, I'm I'm drawing a blank. I can't really think of any examples. I know like, uh, I think if we I think we could go to Rainbow Six. Yeah, and pick out a couple. Yeah, I was about to. I say think that. Rainbow Six would be like a really good common ground for the three of us. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are characters that are good at breaching. There are characters that aren't good at breaching. There are characters that are like really good at killing. And I think. Those characters, those like slay out characters, like uh, Capoeira, like those types of characters don't make sense to me in a game that's supposed to be slow and methodical. Like the it, Rainbow Six Siege, unless you're playing in a full stack, never necessarily feels like it's being played the way it should be because of how the characters are built. Like characters like Buck and Sledge and Blackbeard feel like they fit in the game. Yeah. Right? And then you have characters like what's his name? The one with the drone. Uh that like Echo? Yeah, Echo. Okay. And Capoeira and there's a few others that just like stand out to me as characters that are very anti how the game is outside looking in designed. Right? And that kind of like ties in with what you were saying about before how these companies are like, here's how you should think about the game now. Yeah. Right? And that's... I think it doesn't do justice to the original game's design. Right? By adding characters that are anti-overall game design it takes away from what people might play the game for originally. Right? The slow, methodical, we're a special task force, here to rescue a hostage, here to do this. You know? Yeah. And I, like, I think that they're great character designs and skill sets, but they feel more akin to something I'd find in Call of Duty. Yeah, I, I, I could 100% see that, because a character I play, or I used to play, would be Dokubi, and she's, like, one of the most basic characters, in my opinion. She's just pretty much a sniper, and her ability is literally just calling people's phones, <laughs> um, it, which, on a technical standpoint, that doesn't make sense, because, like, why would they just have a cell phone in the middle of, like... Yeah, these battlefield or like trained uh, like operators. Mission. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, it's stuff like that where I could I could hundred percent see, um, where that doesn't make sense or whatever. But it, it all comes down to to play style and what the developers want them to do with characters in the game, because like like we mentioned earlier, there's always patches, reworks, and and everything. That could either go for characters, the maps, or just how the game is 
like weapon wise or whatever. We we've seen this a lot, especially with Rainbow Six, because that that game has been like going for a while. Yeah, and we're I don't think we're gonna see an end to it, at least not anytime soon when it comes to Rainbow Six Siege. Um, I do want to say that there's like. Dekebi has probably one of the more important roles as a character in the game, despite it being ultimately silly. I agree. Uh, but she's like, it, it, she's the, the opposite to all of the other attacking uh, or attacking area denial characters because, um, uh, oh shoot. Who's the, who's the sniper character with the IR scope? God, I can't remember. Oh, uh, Glaz. Yeah, Glaz. Glaz uh, denies an area by popping open a window, throwing a smoke in front of it, and and now you can't run in front of that window. You'll get shot for sure. Uh, Lion, he denies area by you know making sure that a, that an area is clear, and then making everybody stand still so yes, that they can't the enter the area. Yeah, Jackal as well. Um, but Dekebi, she makes people have to like move from one area move, to another because yeah. now they've been I exposed. personally like yeah. yeah but i mean in that aspect i think that those list of characters are designed for how the game is designed to be played those characters seem to be designed in line with the overall game design mechanics right mm-hmm. like if it were meant to be played like a slay out super fast game it would be faster paced Right, Lion, Dekebi, and uh, Glaz wouldn't, or Glaz would probably exist because sniper archetypes are always fun. Yeah, but those characters wouldn't exist in a game design meant to be slay out all the time. Like, like, yeah, yeah, I, I I could definitely see that one hundred percent. Like, I, like, especially when you mention like how the game is meant to be played and and stuff, because anyone could just choose Amaru. And just fucking fly into a window <laughs> with her <laughs> grappling hook and just shoot everyone, win the round instantly. Like th- those characters are like are like a good point to what you're saying exactly. But then there's characters that make sense, like Frost. Frost makes sense to me a lot because of her traps. Um, and then there's uh, every character is different, obviously. Like that's all fucking part of the game. But it depends on what the character ability is. Sometimes it's really good for like the the playstyle of the game. Sometimes it's not because there, there's characters like Nook, which is which is a pretty good character in my opinion. I really like Nook with uh with their what was it like cameras can't see them and their yeah. footsteps can't be heard. I think that's it. Yeah, offensive visual vigil. Yeah. And and then there's other characters, um I'm trying to think. Like a character like Mira. Mira is a really good example of of like a character that makes sense. That isn't like completely run and gun compared to uh Amaru. But I, I feel like every character has their own place. Um, but honestly, I feel like Rainbow Six, um, is becoming 
like League of Legends. There's so many characters now. There's there's way too many. I think the last one that I got that I was excited for was Lion. Because I was like, this character is pretty tight. I don't know how to use him, but he seems pretty tight. Yeah, yeah. The, the last <laughs> character I was looking forward to was Nook and Warden. They're released around the same exact time. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it that, that was a really good point. Just how the game is played and the characters that ruin or like break the game. I like gameplay style. I think uh, I think Amaru is an interesting um, sort of class study for for this topic because Amaru is supposed to be kind of a gamble, right? You're meant to uh, get into the building as quickly as possible, go into a room that you're hoping nobody is in, so that you can then just pop out and start like getting picks. You're probably gonna die. But if you can pick one to two people before you die, then you've done your job as an Amaru. The problem is people like people got upset that her grappling hook thing wasn't fast enough and uh or wasn't like super good, but that's kind of the whole point of what she was supposed to be. She was supposed to be a gamble. You were yeah. supposed to gamble on that window and get in there and then you get a pick or you get picked, you fucking die and you're useless. And that's kind of that's also kind of bad because a lot of the other entry fraggers like Ash, they don't have to make that gamble that they're gonna just die immediately. Ash can run in there and still have her gun prepared. Yeah, um, yeah she she could she could shoot the yeah, yeah she could shoot the wall and be prepared. But like yeah, it takes. I feel like that's why Amaru isn't like inherently a bad character or a character that breaks the game because of that gamble, like. Yeah. Are you gonna are you gonna be able to get to third floor? Is there anyone gonna be up in third floor? If there is, you gotta be prepared. If not, you're dead. If you get lucky, you could like you said, you could pick off one or two people, you've done your job, and you could die without necessarily worrying so much about your team. Yeah. I just wanna say, personal opinion, I think gamble characters like that aren't necessarily good design. Because they rely on saying, you know, if you're good, you're good, right? And there's a couple of characters other than that that I can think of, like Phoenix Wright in Marvel vs. Capcom. <laughs> yeah. Where if you, if, if you get it off, yeah, you got it off, and you're good. But that shit is so hard. Or beating someone with Hercule in Dragon Ball Z. Hercule right. or, or Krillin, yeah, just <laughs> like those. Show there's off like people, like this is the worst like, character. I'm still able to beat your ass with them. Yeah, I don't. Personal opinion, I'm not a huge fan of like gamble characters like that, mm -hmm. especially in like team games. Like I can't. Where like, it affects everyone. If I go down, yeah, yeah. If I go down, suddenly that's no longer a one to one matchup on everybody, right? Then it's a, then it's a five to four matchup. So someone can double on another person. Oh, now that person's down. So now we got triples on another person, right? And it just easily falls apart. And while the like, gamble mechanic is supposed to be there, a lot of people can't capitalize on that gamble being good. Yeah, it also just depends on who's playing. Because, like, honestly, some people could just be absolute dog at it or, like, at the game. <laughs> like, like, no, 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 that's, like, 100% true. Because you could, you could look at Valorant 
And someone could be playing Reyna, which is honestly one of the best characters, but they could be just complete garbage at Reyna and lose. But yeah, yeah, like when when you're talking about that, if we're talking like completely 50-50 chance of whoever's winning, like obviously that makes sense. But when it comes to the skill, if everyone has the same exact skill, definitely that that like gamble character could either be good or bad. Yeah. That gamble character could like could could make or break your you winning the game. Um and entry fraggers are so I don't want to say they're safe because entry fraggers uh, outside of Amaru, they have drones that they can use and that they're encouraged to use completely. Um, and they have teammates that can also drone in for them or behind them or with them. But Amaru, you can't really have somebody drone in with you because, because it's hard you're going to go on a third get, floor. <laughs> yeah. It's hard to get a drone up there at the start of the round. So. Or a drone that sticks around anyway, up there at the start of the round. Yeah, then there's also stuff where characters don't matter necessarily, uh, like, say, for game modes. Like, um, what was the one that they did? It was, like, the western one, where you had to, where you had to, like, shoot down the, the safes. Like, oh. like the characters in that didn't really matter. <laughs> yeah. Like because everyone has the same exact guns and and stuff, and the main goal is just to either defend the saves or get the saves. But it it all just depends on the game, the game mode, and whatever else is happening. And I guess talking toward talking towards that like where character doesn't really matter. What about what about like? I'm gonna say this might might be crazy. Hot take: character selection does not matter in JRPGs. Uh, false. <laughs> Prove it. Certain characters have certain abilities. So, say, say I'm playing Final Fantasy VII. My main character I'm gonna choose is gonna be Yuffie because of her ultimate weapon dealing nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine damage, no matter what status effects are applied to her. I feel See. like I feel like in JRPGs where character selection doesn't matter, those are usually like the ones that are considered the worst of the series. For example, Final Fantasy twelve. Every- How fucking dare you? <laughs> I swear to God, I will fly to where you live and I will fucking end you. Dude, no, I love that game. But every time I tell people, oh, Final Fantasy twelve is one of my favorite Final Fantasies, they're just like, oh, I'm sorry. You must be special. Let's lead you to this other room where you can talk to yourself. Like, it's insane how much hate that game gets. But I, I guess it's a great game. Yeah, I don't understand the hate for it. Is it the is it the like the lack of like pop colors? Is it like it's a basic story? Yeah. But so is seven. So is six. So is nine. Right. So is one through five. They're all basic fucking stories 10 is the only one that i'll give you has a complex goddamn story Mm -hmm. right 14 has a complex story but that's only because it's an mmo same with 11 13 has a complex story yeah yeah i was was about to mention 13 15 
actually has a pretty complex story when you get into when, it. When you get into it, but like when you're playing it, it just very it just feels very linear and you just go with it, but taking a deeper look into it and stuff, you'll definitely notice how not just like all over the places, but how complex it is cuz in 15 like you start off you and your three best friends on the road to go to your wedding ceremony. Shit happens. Some characters somehow either leave, leave the group willingly out of their choice. Sometimes they get left behind on accident. <laughs> St- <laughs> stuff just takes turns. And then that's just like the main like gameplay part of it. But when it comes to the story, it goes all the way back to when Noctis and Luna Freya were kids. And how they were pretty much destined to marry each other. And it's finally happening, but shit happens. And that doesn't even include, like, that's just basic gameplay. That doesn't even include all the different um, kings that Noctis have, like, he has to go to their tombs, pretty much, to gain their power because he is the new king. Yeah, yeah. 13 and 15, But okay, con, like, they're pretty complicated. But, like, back to my point about, like, not needing specific characters. Like, character selection doesn't matter. Right? I could run Waka, Titus, Orin the entire game. I could straight up run it down with those three and it wouldn't matter. In 12, it doesn't matter because 12 gives you absolute control over your variety and uniqueness of the characters. Which no other Final Fantasy other than 10 really ever did. Yeah. Right and ten forced you to go through an entire, and I swear it was the longest fucking skill tree for you to learn abilities that other characters had. <laughs> they just started with. Yeah, exactly, and like, I love playing JRPGs, but my experience with JRPGs says I could run the same three fuckers. The entire time, basically saying the other rest, of the rest of the party doesn't necessarily matter. Hundred okay. percent. Okay, but who do you run? In what game? Uh, let's say Final Fantasy Twelve. Uh, who do you Final run? Final Fantasy Twelve. Yeah. Balthier, Bosch, and Vaughn. That's a that's pretty typical. You get those three characters like really early. They're on really the good together. They are, but like. like would you consider running uh, Fran and uh, Fran Vaughn and um, oh, who's uh, shit? Who's Vaughn's friend in in the early game? Pinello. Yeah, uh, Pinello. Would you would you run those three characters together? No, because Pinello is the worst thief out of any goddamn. <laughs> Final Fantasy game, and the fact that she starts out with thief stats and thief skills, and like gears towards thief naturally bugs the crap out of me. And Vaughn is probably the worst red mage out of any of the main protagonists. Yeah, and that like whatever Fran can do as either for a range character or a brawler, Bosch and Balthier do it better. So character selection does matter that little bit. You're a son of a bitch. (laughs) 
But I feel like there's something a little bit more personal going on uh, with your character selection that the characters... I like being a fucking sky pirate. Leave me alone. There there it is. So the characters matter to you. The character selection matters to you because it's, it's, it's a little personal thing, you know? Like um, in Persona, or I'm sorry, in Persona, I'm sure Lil Nick has his, his favorites, whether or not the characters actually matter all that much. He's got his favorite characters that he wants to play. Right? Mm, no. No. <laughs> no? Fuck. <laughs> no. That, okay, so Persona is like one of those games where like, I love the characters, but if their abilities are just trash, I'm not going to use them. <laughs> that's, why, that's why I have the main character wild card playing because I'm able to have every ability. So uh. like, it, when, if it comes down to like Persona 5, um, like Endgame, my team would just be would be Joker uh, it'd be Joker on Yusuke and uh, I'm tired uh, so you, the last character is usually <laughs> what boss I'm having to deal with <laughs> <laughs> so it's just the, the last character I add is just whoever I need but yeah, yeah it, it doesn't come down to character because you could i could if futabo is a play or if she was like a person i could just add to my party and her persona does stuff besides navigation of fights and area and stuff i would but for for, for me persona games aren't like that because i i love like i'd say like the only game that does that well for me where i get to choose the characters that i really like and they're good, Persona 3. Like, I could just set up a party of all girls, and uh, it'll be the best party. (laughs) (laughs) Do you consider Persona 3 to be one of the, like, the top-tier Persona games? Um, No. Because of it? No? I I love Persona 3. Um, the, The reason why is because of Tartarus. People will get bored as hell with Tartarus, because it's literally... The same thing going all the way up to the 264th floor. That's how many floors are. Spoiler alert. <laughs> like. Yeah. Like. So 3. 3 is. Every Persona game is like amazing in their own type of way. 3 is just my personal favorite. Not just mm-hmm. like because it was like the first Persona game I played. But also because I love the characters. I love the music. I feel like I could relate to the characters more than characters from Persona 5. Like, I I was never pretty much blackmailed into giving <laughs> a fucking loan shark money or whatever the fuck. But in Persona 3, the characters are dealing with their own personal problems, trying to figure out who they are, why they're doing this, etc. I feel like that's more for me. Um, But, yeah. Everyone has, like, whoever has played whichever will definitely have their own favorite. And five is usually the top one for everyone. Like, uh, for, like, the spectrum. Okay. I, like, you can't convince me that it's necessary to, like, that character selection is necessary in the same way that, like, a fighting game is. Right? Because it, it, I don't know. 
It just doesn't feel necessary to me. But, Does that make sense? Yeah, it, it all just depends on what game it is, honestly. Also, I'm really frustrated that, like, in 15, that's your party. Near the whole time. <laughs> I think, um... I think even when it isn't necessary, it still matters. Like, there's... A JRPG that I can think of is uh, Devil May Cry, where character selection, despite it having the issue of eventually unlocking characters, character selection can be pretty important to you. Uh, if, like, you don't like the way that one character plays, but it's one of the three characters that you unlock, then that cuts down on the replayability of the video of the game entirely. And, um, like in five, uh, the, <laughs> I can't remember his name. I'm so bad with names, but the character that, uh, is like a shapeshifter. I don't, I don't like the way he plays. And so I felt like that cut down on my playtime on the game. Well, his name is V, I think. Yeah. V every time a section came up with V, I never uh, enjoyed it. Yeah, I dreaded, I dreaded it. I saw him in a cutscene. I was like, "Please don't I was make like, me dude, play that just guy." Let me, let me play Dante or Nero, please. <laughs> yeah, please. Like, like V is a really cool, interesting character, especially when it comes to his backstory. When it comes down to Devil May Cry Five, mm-hmm. but yeah, it, it characters like the lack of character selection that could make or break a game. Like there, there's also stuff like uh, like Paper Mario. Like you wouldn't, re- you wouldn't necessarily think, oh, like character, like you're choosing what party members you want is necessary. But honestly, it it is sometimes like you have to have certain characters in your party for certain things, and it's not just because of, oh, they're good in this. It's because of you have to use their ability. Sure, you could use their ability and switch them right back out for another character, but it's just a lot easier to just use that character and. Just have that character. How does that affect the replayability of that game, though? Like, the the specifically games where you're collecting characters for a party, because at some point, aren't you just like, if you're replaying the game, aren't you just waiting for that character that you want so badly to to pop up again? You're just like rushing through the game to get to that character, so that you can throw them in your party and keep them there forever. Sometimes, like um. Like, the only game I could think of that really being mainly is, like, Final Fantasy games. Like, I, like as soon as I'm able to, say I'm replaying 7, as soon as I'm able to get Yuffie, I will get Yuffie. Because I just know how good she is in the game. Hmm. But, I don't really know. I feel desensitized to the whole thing about, like, parties mattering. Matter. Parties that matter. Either word is right, right? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But like in like Western RPGs, like let's say Dragon Age Inquisition, doesn't matter where the fucking jack shit, what your party makeup is. Obviously, there's like optimized shit, and it then becomes like a personalized thing where you're like, oh, I like Varric more than I like X, Y, and Z Rogue, or Black Blackwall's great, or. Vivian's just really annoying, so I don't want her in my party. <laughs> and that seems like a big trend in like Western RPGs where you can have like a party. Right? With Mass Effect is the same way. 
where it's like, obviously there's a better character for the situation I am in or will be in, but Garrus is the boy, (laughs) right? And Tali's the girl. And like, I don't need to cover all the bases because I like these characters. And to me that like just desensitizes me to the idea that character selects in RPGs really matter. Right? Because it doesn't feel the same as like the rock, paper, scissors argument with fighters and MOBAs and even shooters. Right? Sometimes sometimes the uh the party selection can really reach into uh a rock, paper, scissors element, but they like it has to be designed specifically for that. Like uh, we're like gonna be Pokemon. fighting, yeah. Like in Pokemon, that's probably the pinnacle of fucking party building JRPGs. It's literally, literally, what the whole game is about. <laughs> you gotta have the team right for you and what you wanna do, because you could either just completely make an OP team with all the fucking legendaries on your second playthrough, or in your first playthrough. Watch you could... me mega punch you. or you could just like choose whatever like you want i personally just like choosing care or like pokemon that have certain uh not not necessarily abilities but like the pokemon type so say if i really want like an easy an easy route just say i'm I'm playing gen one pokemon i choose squirtle one I could just grind to level 14, beat Brock with just Squirtle, and then on on the way to Cerulean, I could just continue leveling up Squirtle, and then pick up a Pokemon or two and just use those as side, um, side Pokemon to level up. Or I could choose Charmander and try getting as many different Pokemon as I can while focusing on all of them. It feels like you watched me play Pokemon Fire Red as a kid. <laughs> no, because it's just straight up what I did. That, that's just how I think of Pokemon and how I grew up playing Pokemon. And like, the moment I got Mega Punch on Blastoise, not a single other Pokemon needed to step up to the plate because everything was getting rocked. Yeah, I was like, when I played Pokemon as a kid, I if my one Pokemon, the one that I liked the most, died. I, I I was probably going to quit. <laughs> I was just going to give up. Sure, I have these other Pokémon, but you know, they're just not it. <laughs> they're not they're not that one. Yeah, yeah, like that's that's definitely a thing when it comes to Pokémon. Like obviously you have your favorite, which is usually like a starter. Mm-hmm. Um which is what you try focusing mainly on because you know that they're going to become a beast once they hit level 30 or, or more. Cyndaquil. Yeah, just Dude, Corviscuart has got... Hot take, Cyndaquil, best Pokemon. I Hot take, Totodile. <laughs> Totodile's <laughs> pretty fire. Um, I, I, don't, I don't necessarily have, like, a favorite, um, like, starter Pokemon, per se. But I will say, you, you bet I'm trying to level up Oshawa to evolve into Duat. Duat is such a freaking cool Pokemon design. And then its third evolution, Samurai, is just not it. <laughs> that ain't it, Chief. 
Hit him with that Everstone real quick. But if we want to talk about like if we want to talk about the meta of Pokemon, then carry or like party selection really matters. You have to have I don't even know what the meta is. You have to have a Clefable for that one ability that she can use, and that's the only time you ever pull her out. You know, that kind of shit. Or like yeah. Uh, Abra. Yeah. Like you just want to get Abra so you could just teleport whenever you need. Yeah. Or or get Abra to do um the freaking Mew glitch back in Gen 1. If you wanted to get Mew in your party, just go to, I think it was Route 4, Cerulean City, find an Abra, capture it, then walk to a very specific part of Cerulean City. Talk to the kid with, I think it's a slow poke. And then it'll send you to, what was it? Then, like, when you walk in front of them, you'll teleport to um, a Lavender Town. You walk four steps, and bam, a random Mew appears. So, so, I don't know, stuff like that. That's what I did growing up, playing Pokemon Red and Blue. Oh, speaking of Pokemon Red and Blue... I remember me and my dad went to a thrift store. I found Pokemon Red and Blue in a mint condition. Like, this thing looked like it was barely taken out the box. It was a, like a mint condition Game Boy Advance. I got all three of those things for 10 bucks. What? Yeah, that was like the best deal I've ever gotten from a thrift store. Red and Blue were worth like 150 bucks. Oh, I lied. It was it was red and yellow. Okay, I, I, yellow's worth even more, I think. Uh, you could you could get yellow for I think thirty bucks. Okay. Like Damn. they seem rare, but like honestly, you just go swap me, talk to the local fucking nerd there selling games, and pick it up for thirty bucks. <laughs> Sometimes you yeah. even give you a deal if you buy both of them, get them for fifty bucks or whatever. What a bunch of fucking nerds. <laughs> hey, I was in that crowd for the cheap games, but yeah, it so it's a yes, it's a yes and no answer when it comes to character selection in games. But like talking about more Pokemon, that's Pokemon has an absurd amount of like Pokemon. But yeah, they're right? just not adding them <laughs> anymore into the newer games. Yeah, they're I'm, just not. Yeah, I'm excited for right? a freaking Gen Four remake. That's what that's Is what I'm there... excited about. I like, and you talked about Mew. I don't. There's so much there, right? Like Mew and Mewtwo are like essentially secret characters, and I fucking love secret characters. Yeah. I've never gotten Mew though, or I've never gotten Mewtwo. Well, one. But I can tell you all the secret characters I've gotten from Tekken. Well, when it comes down <laughs> to Pokemon, like with Mew and Mewtwo, Mew is only available as a glitch. Like, Mew cannot be added to your party unless if you perform a glitch to find Mew. Mm. But Mewtwo, on the other hand, yeah, that would be a secret character. Because you go, after you beat the game and you get Surf or whatever you need to get and Rock Smash, you go to Cerulean Cave, go all the way to the bottom, bam, Mewtwo, throw Master Ball, got him. But, yeah, it, there aren't really many secret characters, because, at least, anymore when it comes to Pokemon, because <laughs> they're literally on the front of the box. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, there's like secret characters in fighting games, Tekken, Blaze Blue, um uh Lethal League. Yeah, all those. Yeah. I like uh in uh, in the older Pokemon, I don't know about the the newer ones. There there were kind of like secret spots that you could find the legendary Pokemon outside of like whatever cave you could you could go to and guarantee they're uh the, seeing them. I remember I had Pokemon Crystal. That was the second Pokemon game that I ever played. Uh, the first was Pokemon Yellow. And I found Suicune just kind of wandering around outside of one of the first three towns. And yeah, I, I, I shit my pants. <laughs> yeah, I, I think like that was like one of the only Pokemon games where you could encounter the legendary Pokemon outside of like that special area. Like That's the only one I could think of because every other one is in that cave. Yeah. Um. When it comes down to, um, Suicune and the other two legendary dog Pokemon, Raikou. Um, Raikou. Yeah. Um. Whatever the third one is, who cares, right? <laughs> Entei. Entei. Yeah. Uh, Entei. Entei. Suicune. Raikou. Yeah. Raikou. Raikou. I say Raikou. I don't know. But yeah, like there's stuff like that where. I, like especially as a kid, you will literally just shit your pants. Be like, what? Like how? <laughs> how? And um, I guess it just goes from there. But yeah, just like unlocking, dude. You have no clue. Like, like I literally did a pog champ face back when I was like four years old, and I locked fucking Doctor Mario and Smash Melee. Literal pog champ face. Oh yeah, secret character. Yeah, secret um, characters are cool. Also, I want to say uh, just real quick about the Suicune. I think that's also where my uh, my lifelong depression started because I didn't catch that Suicune and I <laughs> didn't find him again. What? Damn. It was downhill from there, dude. No. <laughs> it, it all started. That story had with so much Pokemon potential Crystal. for happiness. <laughs> it started with Pokemon Crystal. The lifelong disappointment began. <laughs> uh... I guess technically. Uh, Devil May Cry counts with Devil May Cry th- 3. Could you play as Virgil in Devil May Cry 2? I don't think you could. No, I don't think you could. No, you could not. Yeah. Because I, I think at the end of... I think Devil May Cry 2, Virgil's the villain. Yeah. Whereas in 3, he's a boss but not the villain. Yeah. It, it's kind of like it's kind of like Dante in... In Devil May Cry 5, you don't get to play him until, like, halfway through the story. It's not necessarily, like, a secret character. It's just he's not available to you. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess for me, when I was a kid playing Devil May Cry 3, or, yeah, Devil May Cry 3, um, he was kind of a secret character because I had no idea that I would eventually get to play him. And I think that kind of brings up a good point about secret characters is now that the Internet's out there, and people are just like ready for games oh, to come leaks? out and start talking about them. Yeah, the Smash leaks, especially. Oh, yeah, dude. I'm, Smash. I'm Smash excited. Is for, such a good one. Yeah, I'm. I'm excited for Pyra and Mithra. Oh, dude, so am I. I thought they were gonna be two characters, and finding out that they are one. They're one. Character, yeah. Well, it makes sense tight. because of the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like obviously it makes sense, but like with Smash, it has like the interesting thing about it with like the Echo Fighters. With yeah, like yeah. Simon and Richter, also, I can't say I like the idea of Echo Fighters. Oh, I, I completely <laughs> fucks with it, dude. 
I'm glad that they added Echo Fighters for Peach and Daisy. Daisy was no longer just a skin variation. Yeah, but she's mostly just a skin variation with small variations in mechanics. Yeah, but I, I enjoy Echo Fighters because of the slight differences. Like, they play similar, but they're not the exact same, necessarily. I guess, like, I, I that makes sense. But Simon and Richter Belmont are the only two that like kind of stand out against each other as two different characters in some ways, right? Like, uh, Dark Samus and Samus play exactly the same. You can't tell me that they play any different. I mean, is and then so like who who was the like so Echo Fighters could technically go back all the way to like the original Smash Bros. Doctor Mario. Uh, yeah, Doctor Mario. Then there's Luigi. Luigi is literally the same exact character as Mario. There was and then, a... then melee. They changed Luigi. Yeah. It's funny because uh, uh, Luigi and melee. Like he's different, but the only thing that they did, like they did, they chose not to give him, uh, like an actual voice. They literally just gave him the Mario sixty four voice lines and just pitched them up. <laughs> that that's literally what they did. But I feel like Echo Fighters are cool. Like, look, at, there's like Ken and Ryu. Um, or uh, that one or... bugs me because like new Ken has so much like cool variety that he could have brought to Smash. And they didn't put new Ken in there. They put old Ken. And that's okay. But if they were gonna put an old school character, they should have gone with Chun-Li. Because Chun-Li would have been fucking cool. Chun-Li would have been great in Smash. But, dude, her ass is too fat. Have you seen that Fortnite skin? Oh my god. True. Sakurai would not put her in Smash because of that. How am I supposed to concentrate with all that cake in my face? Dude, true. Remember that... when uh, Remember when ZSS was in Brawl? And you, you had to like... Oh yeah, yeah. Make uh, make Samus take damage, and then you could see Samus without a suit. Oh, I remember being fucking twelve, and people being like, "What are you watch this?" So with zero suit, (laughs) you were literally able to change to zero suit with just the menu. Yeah, yeah. You just hold Z down in the menu, and you change into zero suit from just regular Samus. But then there's also like, like you said, there's like, so there's Echo Fighters like Lucina, which is literally just Marth. But then there's okay, so the, like the Fire Emblem Echo Fighters have some distinct like variations to them, though. But Lucina and Marth are the exact same character, pretty much. But then, then it comes to so. like Crom, which is like a Roy. Crom yeah. is like a mixture of Roy and like Roy and maybe Ike. There's because there's like they share some of like the same um, moves and stuff. But then there's I mean, also like on... Dark Samus. <laughs> yeah. And that's kind of that's kind of always like the weird thing to me is why they decided to do Echo Fighters instead of just giving alternate skins cooler looks, right? Well, it it goes back to sometimes they're different, sometimes they're the same. Like I I get where you where you're coming from. There's de- you could definitely just do that in the menu. Like you could you could set it to where they're either separate characters or they share the same character um, plane. But I get what you're saying. Well, if we're talking about how, like, sometimes 
character selection doesn't matter except for just a skin. We could talk about, uh, you know what I'm going to say. Left for dead. Dude, I honestly, I don't, I don't, (laughs) I don't even remember who I played in as in Left 4 Dead. What? That that was the point where I just installed mods for like character models and stuff like that. Shoot some zombies as as Hatsune Miku and shit like that. (laughs) What you didn't enjoy playing Bill with those quippy boomer talk? The only time I played Bill was maybe once or twice in Dead by Daylight. Hell yeah, I feel you on that one. William Bill Overbeck coming in Ya boy. Get blood points. But like, it, say you're on console where uh, you can't install mods or say, you know, it's a different game. Like my favorite uh, uh, game series out there, Gears of War, where it doesn't matter at all what character you pick it's just it's a skin essentially over a uh a universal hitbox but people still care like i'm still gonna play baird yeah i I can see that also like um, you're gonna play baird's god damn sugar ray looking ass (laughs) i i i recently found some of my new favorite um characters in lethal league I really like Jet. She's a newer character for for Lethal League. You um, Candyman. Candyman's pretty fire, I'm not gonna lie. Same thing with Dice. But my favorite character to play right now is um oh, fuck, what what's her name? I think her name's Toxic. She has that like gigantic like robotic arm that like shoots out like gas and stuff. It's cool. I really like her. I haven't gotten to play the new Lethal League yet. Yeah, it's it's really I'll, fun. I'll get around to it eventually. Same. I really like the first one. That's that's like easily one of my favorite fighting games, and you technically don't fight. No, you just hit a ball back and forth and try to dodge the ball and hit it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like it's such a simple thing, but it's so fun. I don't know. I'm a, I'm a big like, for honor care uh, player as well, but for honor is, um, that's garbage. a different, that's a different type. <laughs> yeah, they're doing so much. For honor is a tragic story, uh, as far as character selection goes, because they're doing so much to make everybody samey, you know, where it's like everybody has this very specific class and that class can do this thing and maybe there's like one variation that each different character can do and that's it as far as character uniqueness goes um however some of the reworks that are coming through are kind of alleviating that and then they released griffin and broke the game where he's just everybody he can do everything um, if you're playing him, just try not to, or if you're playing against him, try not to press any buttons and just wait for your turn, which might come in a few minutes. Griffin's like, Griffin really kind of broke the game, but everybody else, they all fit into archetypes and they all kind of do one thing, but they 
do that one thing in a in a unique way occasionally and i feel like for honor actually no i don't want to say it has a lot of balance cuz it really doesn't it's mostly if if your character's not balanced then it has a way to cheese and the cheese is annoying to fight against and then the other characters that are quote unquote balanced are occasionally just op and they just rinse you and it's terrible i don't know for honors for honors a very it's a game it's one of the games ever made you know what i mean it's definitely one of the most games that has ever gamed the game right 10 all 10 game to game for and game. they're bringing it to next gen are they really yeah do you play it on your ps5 4k I can't wait for that RTX enabled for honor. Yeah, for real. For honor had the gall to tell me I couldn't hang on ultra graphics. (laughs) And I was like, watch me. God. And I turned them all the way up and I was like, what are you going to say now? You know, (laughs) that's another thing we should talk about. Maybe at a different time, just graphics Versus frame rate and stuff like that. Yeah. I agree. Um, and there's one last game where I think character selection means probably the most to people, despite it meaning literally nothing to the game that I'd like to talk about, and it's Among Us. True, true. So you're telling me that Red's hitbox for Vincent's slurs and attacks is not bigger than everybody else's. So you're telling me that me being red doesn't automatically make me a target? You're sus. You're already sus. Get the fuck out of here. I'm not always sus. <laughs> you're always you sus. Whoa, is I it, will so stab you. Me being the pink Among Us character wearing wearing that that dumb freaking uh, sticker on my head. Yeah, mm. you're saying that has nothing to do with the game, and dude, blow my mind. One hundred percent. Scuba stove will rise again. Scuba stove. No. One day. One day. One day. Maybe the next update. He's still li- he's alive out there in space, and he's coming back. He he's sus. He's he's sus as fuck. <laughs> Vince, oh, by the way, for anybody wondering, is always purple. That man's always purple. You can't it's stop his him. favorite color. And he's he's either always trusted or everyone tries to get him off first. That's fair, but we love him and we'll be happy to see him back yeah. next week. Hopefully next Hopefully week. Hopefully, yeah. On the S Plus podcast. I'm Noons. And I'm Nick. And I'm also Nick. This is the S Plus podcast. We'll catch you later. Thank you.